Mazel Tov, this is a historic event in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, the first time, I think, that we ever had a Vachnach Suda of such uh, grandeur. So, Shkoyach to Moshe Binyamin and Dr. Lucas, we should be able to share many simchas together, and the, and the bris should be Be'ito Vizmanoi in Mitzah Hashem tomorrow morning. <coughs> I will start with a little bit of idea on the Parsha, and then I'm going to talk about what is the Makar for this Suda, the Suda of Vachnacht. For those of us who do not speak Arabic, Vachnacht means literally guarding the night, right? It's a Lel Shimurim. We're learning and davening. Mitzashem Moshe Binyamu will stay up at least till after Chatzais and learn the Zayar in Parsha's Lechlecha. So it should be a shmira for his child because any time a Jew is doing something which is, which is positive, any time there is Kedusha involved, we need shmira. A chasen needs to have a shomer. A chasen and kalo, they need shmira. Why? Because any time a person is going ahead and doing something which has Kedusha to it, the tzad keneged, the sitra achro, wants to uh, be misnaged to it, wants to op- oppose him. So because of that, on this night, we're Mesameach, we say the Vritayro, we have a Suda, because we want to say how much, even though there's going to be a Tsar, there's a pain for the child and for the parents, that there's going to a Milo, but we want to say because it's a Mitzvah Sashem, we're preparing for the Mitzvah with Simcha, with joy and love. So much so that the Chidah writes that if Chas V'Shalom, a woman, is in the year for her parents, you're still allowed to have music at the Vachnach Suda, the Lao Shimurim, the Chidah writes, it's such a great mitzvah to have the Suda, and we're going to talk about whether it's a mitzvah, not a mitzvah, in Mitzvah Shem later on. But let's begin and say a few words about the Parsha. I saw such a Gevaldigar, a Chaim HaKadosh. If you look at the beginning of the Parsha, there's a list of all the Nidva Samishkan, all of the different materials that were needed to be donated to the Beis HaMikdash. And it starts out, and if you pay attention, the list is going in a descending order of importance. We start off Zahav, gold, Kesef, Nechoshes, silver, copper, Tchelis, blue wool, Agaban, purple wool, Telah, Shani, red wool, Vesheish Izim, Ve'oyres Eilim, then comes skins, Ve'oyres Eilim, Ma'adomim, Ve'oyres Tchoshim, Ve'atzeshitim, and then wood, and then oil, Shemel, Lamar, and so on and so forth. There are 11 different types of, of materials here. What is the very last ones, the last two, which makes it to 13? The precious stones that went on the clothing of the Kohen Gadol. Asks the Arachim a very obvious question. If the list of materials is going in descending order from the most expensive and the most important to that which is least important, then why is it that the Avne Shayam and the Avne Meluim are written at the end? They should be written first. And the Arachim HaKadosh says three answers. He says the first answer is where did they get the Avne Meluim and the Avne Chosh? Where did they get it from? They got it from the princes. And what did the princes say? You know what? We're going to allow everybody else to have a chance. 
everybody else is going to donate to the Mishkan. At the end, if there's anything left over, we'll cover. We'll cover anything. This is called, in modern day, matching. This is called matching. That's what it's called. But HaKadosh Baruch doesn't like matching. He doesn't like that. HaKadosh Baruch said, Ah, you didn't go ahead and you didn't give first. You didn't go ahead and donate first. You're going to be listed last. The, least, the thing that was most expensive, you gave the most amount of money, but you didn't do it first. You didn't go ahead and say, I'm going to do it first. I'm going to donate first. You get listed last. You get put your money that you gave, which was the largest amount, is the least important. That's the first tarot of the Arachayim HaKadosh. What's the second tarot? The Arachayim HaKadosh says that the clothes of the Koyen, this is a Gemara Maseches Yuma, the Koyen, the, says the clothes of a Koyen Godel, a Koyen could be Koyen Godel, different. Ein lehem me'ilo. Everything else, all the vessels of the base of Mikdash, if you use it for something else, there's a whole Masechta, Masechta Me'ilo, sacrilege. If you took something holy and used it for the profane, if you use it for Chulin, you have to bring a carbon, you have to pay a fine. But the clothing of a Koyen, you don't have to. There's no Me'ilo by the clothing of the Koyen. So says the Rechaim HaKadosh, why is the Avnei Chosh and Avnei Meluim listed last? Because they're the least holy. All the other things were used in order to construct the vessels of the Mishkan and the, of the Mikdash. But over here, this was used to use for the clothing of the Kohen Gadol. The clothing of Kohen Gadol, Mayalim Bahad. There's no Isra of Me'ilo, it doesn't have the same Gdusha. If something is not holy, even though it's very expensive, it gets, mis- it gets listed last. That's the second Teretz. The third Teretz of the Arachai Makodesh is very beautiful. The Rechaim HaKadosh says the word Nesim could mean a prince. But the word Nasi also could mean a cloud. Where did they get the Avnei Chosh and Avnei Miluim? It could be that they didn't get it through normal, we- through, through normal ways. Because the, the Anone HaKover, the clouds that surrounded Jewish people, were so gewaldic. They were awesome. They provided air conditioning. They provided laundry. They provided... They, was, they were like bulldozers, they cleared the land, they filled the ditches, they were, they were uh, things that kills pesticides, what's it called? They, it killed all the, the snakes and the scorpions, it was gewaldic. But you know what else the Ananiah covered? You could stick your hand inside the Ananiah covered and take out precious stones. So one second, so why are they listed last? Because everything else took great effort. They had to sell, they had to buy, they had to dig, they had to find. It took great effort to be able to go ahead and get the Avne Chosh and the Avne Meluim. I mean, it, to get all the other materials. But this, they didn't have to do anything. Something that a person didn't work for, so expensive. It's something that's so valuable, but it's listed last. It's going to go at the end of the list. It's going to be least important. This is what the Arachai Makadosh says on this, on this idea. I want to talk a little bit now about the concept of Vachnacht. Where is it mentioned? It's mentioned in two places in Shulchan Aruch. One place is very strange. In Simon Kufai and Ches, it talks about different things that you're not allowed to do because it's similar to Avodah Zorah. What is one thing that has Avodah Zorah? That idolatry 
I don't know if you've ever been to like a, to like a, I'm, I shouldn't say this. If you've ever been to like a manicure pedicure place, right? <laughs> so they have the Vietnamese, they put out all kinds of food for the Buddha, right? Right? That's called Parashulchan Lagod. That co- that's called Parashulchan Lagod. So they used to have a minig to put a table and put food on the table. And to, it was like a, a good muzzle. It was good muzzle. So the Shulchan Aruch says, you're not allowed to do that. On Vachnach, when you have the Sudo, you have to eat everything. You can't leave things on the table. That's also. It's very interesting. I saw over there that the Taz points out, I don't know, let me ask Friday night. I should mention nothing. Let me ask, who should I ask? Mashiach, Friday night. What do you do after you clear the table? What? You leave? You leave the bones or you leave the bread? You clean the tables. You clean the tables. You, after that, there's a min that's bought out in the Zaire that you should leave a piece of bread and a little bit of wine because the bracha that comes down Friday night, you should leave it, should have a place to have this bracha. I also do it. Yeah, so, so, the, so the what? But overnight, I leave it overnight. I try sometimes, unfortunately, my wife cleans it off, whatever. But the idea is, is I try at least myself to leave it on the table. And the reason is because the Zara says the bracha for the entire week comes down on Friday night. So you need to leave a vessel in order for that to be there. The, the, the Ta says, why isn't that parashulchan lagod? How could you do that? That's like a voidazara. You're not allowed to do a thing like that. So he goes, he has a discussion to, dis- to, to explain that you're doing it because you believe that Hashem is giving you a bracha. You're not doing it for, uh, you know, for some voidazara. But he, he has that discussion over there. But over there, it says, it seems to say that this pseudo is not also. It's a very interesting type of lasha. But in Simon Tafresh Mem, the, the, the Ramah says a very interesting thing. He has a question. Let's say somebody has a child on Sukkot. Can he do the Vachnach Suda in the Sukkah? Why can he do it in the Sukkah? Because they used to have a minig to do it in front of the child himself. So the mother was with the child inside the house. So the Ramah asked, can you go ahead and do the Suda inside the Sukkah? Right? Is it considered to be a Suda's Mitzvah? Because if you say it's a Suda's Mitzvah, in theory you could do it inside the house and not do it inside the Sukkah. Because the one mitzvah will be mavat or the other, and he has a discussion. But over here, the Ramah seems to say that it's really a Sudas mitzvah. Not only that, the Dogo Meravov and Simon Kufayin Ches, he says a very interesting reason why we do the Suda. And the reason why is because it's a sakana to have a child. It's a very big danger, especially if you have a child in a birthing center. But the idea is, is that if you have, it's a big sakana. That's, I it. Yeah, that's for that's here in Phoenix. You have to say something like that, right? So I think so. It's a danger. So now that the child is safe, so you do like a pseudo, uh, make a pseudo to that the child is 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 well. But the Dogomeravava doesn't like this reason, and he says why? Because if that's the case, then you'd have to do it for a girl as well. If the girl survived, you'd also have to do a vachnach pseudo, and that doesn't make any sense. We don't do that. So how could it be? So there's a very big question. What is the source? For this idea of a Vachnach Suda. So I don't know. I looked around. I looked in different places. And many people talk about how important it is. We mentioned from the Chidah. That you're supposed to have singing and dancing and musicians. It's supposed to be a chash of a thing. But where does it come from? And then I saw a letter. 
there was somebody, Rabbi Kiva Eger, had a grandson called Rabbi Bala Eger. Rabbi Bala Eger became a chassid, a chman al and, uh, and his father sat shiva on him. Rabbi Eger sat shiva on him. Now, Rabbi Bala Eger had a real problem. Because if you invited him to be a sandik, don't do this tomorrow. Right? If you invited him to be a sandik, he would start preparing himself. He'd go in the morning in the mikveh and start preparing. And they would call him and say, Rebbe, it's time to, uh, time to, to do the brismila. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And sometimes they used to do a mila a couple of minutes before shkia. Because it would take him an entire day to prepare Rebbe Bilaega for the brismila. So the Rav in Lublin started to hear about this. So he put Rabbi Bilaega in Chayrim. And he said, nobody's allowed to take Rabbi Bilaega to be Sandik because he's going against the Shulchan Aruch. There's a mitzvah of Zrizen Makdimen. You have to do the Brismila straight away as soon as you can. And he's going ahead and he's doing the Sachanah. So he wrote a letter to Rabbi Tzadik HaKoyin Lublin. He wrote a letter and asked him, Rabbi, is this the right thing for me to do? Right? So Reb Tzadik writes over there a beautiful letter about the concept of achonah mitzvah The idea of preparation for a mitzvah. And the thing is that why is it particular to the mitzvah of bris milah, this idea of achonah mitzvah? I'll tell you a very interesting thing. The Minchas has a chakira. What is the mitzvah of bris milah? Is it a mitzvah that I, the father have a responsibility to be mal my son. That's one way of looking. It's a mitzvah. It's my mitzvah. Right? Eight days, he has a mitzvah to be mal his son. Or the idea is no. There's no mitzvah on Moshe to be mal his son. The mitzvah is on the child himself. The child needs to be gemalit. But he can't do it. So Moshe is going to be a shliach for his son. But the mitzvah is really on the child. The mitzvah is not on the father. It's just the father is the one that's responsible to take care of his son. Because he's the closest to him. If that's the case, it comes out that tomorrow morning, Rabbi Samuel is going to do the mitzvah of bris milo, And who, what's going to happen? This child is going to fulfill a mitzvah. But he's a cotton. He has no das. He has no understanding. He's eight days old. Do you know what we're doing here? We are giving the das for this child. The reason, the reason why there's a pseudo and we're misameyach is because all of the Torah and all of the shiras and tishbachas and all of the kavana and all of the achana, all the preparation that we're doing is to enter into this child when he fulfills the mitzvah of bris milah. We started out and we said that the Avne Shoyim and the Avne Meluim went at the end of the list. And two of the reasons why is because they lacked preparation. The first reason the Nassim said, we're not going to be Minada first. We're going to do it last. And the idea is when a person is, has to do a mitzvah, he has to feel, I want to do this. He has to do it with a fire, with a bread. He has to do it with a, with a passion. And when a person doesn't do it, Ah, oh, he spends a lot of money on a bris. He might spend a lot of money on a chasana. But if he doesn't have a passion to do it, he's just taking care of the loose ends. It goes last in the list. Another reason. A person needs to put great effort. Great effort. 
the more effort, the more avoda a person puts in, the more chashav it is, regardless of its value, regardless of how much it's worth. What makes something valuable? How hard do you work for it? The Nassim didn't have to work hard. They, just, they took the stone straight, straight out of the clouds. That puts the, the idea lost. Right now, this child, he has no effort. Tomorrow, he's going to have a brismila. Where's all the effort? Where's the chashivas? Where's the importance coming from? It's coming from tonight. The father and the mother. Not only that, once, once somebody came to, to Stipler, and he asked the Stipler, he said, uh, when, at what age shall I start uh, educating my child? So the, so the Stipler asked him, how old is your child? So he says, 10 years old. He says, you're 20 years too late. You're 20 years too late. The chinuch of a child is not what you tell him and not what you say to him. It's the way you live your life. It's the effort that you put in him, the effort that you put in yourself. That is what makes the value. That is what educates the child. So we have an entire suda the night before. You can't do mila at night. If you do mila now, the Shagasarya says that it's, it's a mila psula. Right? The Shagasarya says it's no good to do mila at night. You can't do it. But we're sitting here and we're preparing and we're, we're developing ourselves in order to be able to do the mitzvah. I want to finish off. I'm sorry I'm going to go a little bit long. There's a zgula that's brought down from Talmud Baal Shem to tell over a story. A story about the Baal Shem Tev. By Vachnach Suda, there's such an Indian to say over a story. And I'm going to say over a story from Baal Shem Tev. It's not such a long story. It's a pretty interesting story. But I'll tell you the story. The story is, this comes from a cipher called Adas Tzadikin. It's printed in other places. But it's a mimic to say a story by the Vachnach, so I'm going to tell the story now. The story is the Baal Shem Tev. It's two parts of the story. I left out half of the story. I hope this gula still works. I'm sorry. I'm leaving it off. It's a very long story, so I'm going to stay shorter. The story is the Baal Shem Tev traveled for three days and three nights away from Mezhebaz. He came from Berlin. He went to Berlin first, and from Berlin, he's traveled for three days and three nights. And he comes to an inn. And he sees that the Balabais has lit candles in the entire inn. But he looks so sad. He looks so upset. So Bashem Tov is sitting there with his Talmidim. And he asks the Balabais, what's wrong? He says, I've had five children. Every single one of my children died on the night of the Brismila. Comes the time of Chatzos and they all pass away. So I lit the candles and I'm going to make a Vachnach Sudo, but I know my son will not survive. Mashem Tov said, don't worry. Your son will survive. This is what I want you to do. He said, oh, if my son survives, I'll give you half my wealth. I'm a very wealthy man. Mashem Tov said, I don't want any of your money. That's the first miracle. But the second, <laughs> he said, he says, I don't, want, I don't want any of your money. He says, you should give a pidgin, you should give money to Tzedakah. I want you to get two of the biggest Jews in the whole town. And me and my Talmidim are going to sit and learn. And you're going to go to where the baby is, and you're going to hold a sack on top of where the baby is. And as soon as they feel something inside the sack, close the sack and come and call me. 
And the second miracle is the Baal Shem Tov went to sleep. So in the middle of the night, the Talmidim are learning, Zayin Parshas Lech Lecha, and suddenly these two strong men, they feel that there's something inside the sack. They quickly close the sack and they feel there's a hachulda, like a weasel, inside the sack that came to eat the baby. They run, they go get the Baal Shem Tov, and they ask the Baal Shem Tov, what should we do? He says, take sticks and start beating the thing, the, the hulda, like it's nobody's business, you know? Like as they say in English, you have to ex- explain it to him, you know? <laughs> so they take the stack and they start beating the sack and the hulda is like, making all kinds of strange noises, you know? And he says, now take the hulda and throw it outside. They take the bag and they throw it outside and the person's so happy, Baruch Hashem, his son survived the next morning. They go ahead and they make a, a suda, beautiful suda. The first time there was Zoycha, Lahachnis, the Brisa Avinu, and he's so happy, but he looks very worried. He says, Why are you worried? He says, Because the parrots, the, 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 the person who owns all of the properties and owns the rights to me making liquor, he demands that I have to bring him part of my meal. So I'm very worried what he's going to say and so on and so forth. So they go ahead. And he takes some of the meal and he travels to the pirates. He knocks on the door and the servant opens up the door and he asks, where's the pirates? Oh, the pirates is very sick. They go to the pirates and the pirates looks like he's just been beaten up, like he has bruises all over him. And he tells him what happened. He says, oh no, I'm just not feeling so good right now. So he says, did something strange happen in your house last night? He says, yes, the Bashentev, and there was, a, there was a weasel. He says, oh, okay, very, very good. Can you send over the Bashentev to me? So Bashentev comes with all Tamidim. Bashentev says, I know that you're the weasel. And you are a sorcerer. But I am not a sorcerer. I believe in Hashem. And what I did with you was with the Muna Pshuta, with simple faith in Hashem. I see who you are. So he says, okay, let's make a contest. Yeah? The powers of Kishif, of sorcery, against the power of Amunu. Hashemta said, fine, let's pick a date, and we're going to have a slam-down pay-per-view event. Yeah? I don't know if that was in the story. I just made it. Kitsa Maisa comes the time, and the Hashemta tells his Talmidim, I'm going to make two circles. I'm going to be the inside circle and you're going to be on the outside circle. And when you see that my face changes, look at my face and think about doing tshuva. But no matter what happens, don't leave the circle. Okay? So there's the Bashemtev and his Tamidim. And on the other side is this sorcerer and his uh, Tamidim. And they say, okay, you start. And suddenly, out of nowhere, comes all kinds of bears and lions and, and, and eagles and all kinds of highest roys start to come out of, the, out, of the, out of the woodwork, out of nowhere. And they start running towards the Tamid Bashem. But as soon as they touch the circle, they disappear. And they realize that this is all sorcery. It's all fake. And this goes on and on. And finally, the sorcerer says, that's it. And he creates boars, a boar is like a, like a pig that has tusks in it. And the boars are breathing fire. 
and he throws it at, this is the ultimate, this is the biggest thing, and he throws it at the Baal Shem Tov. And the Talmidim are looking at Baal Shem Tov and see that his face changes, and they start to be Mahar Bechuva, and the boars are coming, and they go first the, through the first circle, and they come to the circle of the Baal Shem Tov, and they're done. And this, the, the sorcerer says, I give up, you win. And Baal Shem Tov walks over to him, and he tells him, you should know that the reason why I won is not because I have any greater sorcery than you. The reason why I won is because I believe in Hashem and His Torah. And I believe that there's no Koyach except for the Koyach of Hashem and His Torah. And that's why I won today. That's a story I wanted to say. I want to say the following thing. It's such a tremendous chus for me and for the whole Kehillah, that Moshe bin Yaman and his wife are here. And one of the greatest qualities, apart from Moshe bin Yaman being a tremendous Balkishran, a tremendous person so talented, a Tamad Chachem, somebody that has such tremendous, I don't know what the word is, but the ability to understand every situation. But it's the Emuna Pshuto. It's the emuna that him and his wife have, the emuna pshuta that he has, and his tveikas to tamidah chachamim and to gdoyle toyer chachmei chasidus, and it should be zoycha mitzvahem with that emuna pshuta that the yitzhara sends us all kinds of things which are fake and not real and tries to distract us from what we need to do, but if we hold on to pure faith in Hashem, emuna in the Torah, simple faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu and His Torah, that will allow us to withstand any situation. We should have Simcha and Mazel in Mitzvah Shem. What's a good niggin for a Vachnacht? What's in there? What's a good niggin? Ruvanim. Him levanecha Ruvanim levanecha Ruvanim levanecha